Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, Carl, we're going to get a little esoteric, but this is fascinating stuff. We're going to explain, we're going to share how Creator explains the magic spark of life force energy. We we are energetic beings. I mean, anybody who's seen a corpse <laughs> knows that there's something that goes away when, when the body passes. So um, we are definitely life force energy beings, and we're going to explore that today. Well, this is something people kind of have an intuitive awareness of, and it's kind of obvious, as you point out, between the living and the dead, if you compare side by side. And science has never created life. The reason things are living is elusive. You know, we know the body stops eventually once the heart stops beating and respiration stops. But the cells live on for a time at least. And what is it that changes and what disappears? And if you go back in the literature, Mary Shelley's book, Frankenstein, you know, that was a, a, a mad scientist trying to bring life back into a recovered corpse from a graveyard. And yeah. he did it with electricity from, you know, a bolt of lightning, you know. So this is a prelude to an awareness. There's something about a mysterious energy that comes in and makes a being come to life. And, well, we're learning how that works and how it keeps us living and why we depend on it, in fact. So it's quite an interesting field of uh, inquiry. Definitely. Well, let's get on with it. Uh, U.S. creator... In the Star Wars movie series, audiences were introduced to the idea and concept of the Force. In the very first movie in 1977, the character Obi-Wan Kenobi said this about the Force. The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Can creators share both the reality and inspiration behind this iconic notion? All right, and as a channeler of creator of all that is, posing this, these questions and getting answers channeled verbatim, this is what creator says. The ability described in this movie is that of intuition, the innate characteristic of the human being, not just specially chosen ones, to tune into other places, other phenomena, and other sources of consciousness beyond themselves. That, in turn, provides information, awareness, and knowings of great importance to sort out what is happening and provide important information and clues. As a second component, the idea of the force was depicting mind over matter. In essence, the ability to use conscious thought to manipulate the environment in various ways, a phenomenon commonly termed telekinesis, such as levitating a spacecraft stuck in a swamp or retrieving a weapon by drawing it to the hand through the power of will directing consciousness to move the object desired. This was a dual recognition of so-called supernatural powers and their place in an advanced world, especially on the part of beings in a divine alignment seeking truth, harmony, and a rule of love rather than brute force. 
That was the orientation and intention from within by the originator of the Star Wars screenplays to depict the triumph of good over evil, at least as a goal, if not an actuality, as depicted in the many installments and sequels showing it is not so simple to prevail, but requires vigilance and continued effort. So this notion of the Jedi having supernatural powers is reflecting reality in the sense these phenomena exist, although are only present in a meager fashion in physical human beings for the most part. Well, that meager fashion, I think, was reflected in the movie as well, that the Force was something you had to cultivate. You had to create a partnership with the Force in the same way that we talk in this project about creating a partnership with Get Wisdom. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this, you know, still isn't speaking to the issue of life force energy. It's different kinds of energy, but still not what we're targeting for the, the subject today. But interesting, I think, to science yeah, fiction I, aficionados and the, the cult of Star Wars and so I on. I think what it does depict, though, as Creator says, is that this depicts the mind capability, the capability of the mind to project beyond the physical body. Yes. In other words, you know, and that's an important component of life force energy is that while we're dwelling inside of a body, the body is not God is completely contained. You know, it's it's not a, a, a impermeable barrier. The, the mind reaches out and also gets input from outside itself. Yep, indeed. U.S. creator, recently the term ether was added to the Lightworker Healing Protocol to denote a kind of universal energetic medium that corrects the idea of space being a lifeless void, but instead contains vast energy. Can Creator share with us the similarities and differences between the reality of the ether, the life force energy, and the concept of the force as portrayed in the Star Wars movies? Okay, now we're getting a little more technical, a little more scientific. This is what Creator shares. These are similar but somewhat differing energies and also overlapping with respect to their location and dominions. Ether is a term that has been used historically by philosophers to explain how energy can traverse great distances, that it must have a medium in which to flow or be carried along, much as a raft flowing along a river. This has been used to understand the phenomenon of light traversing seemingly a vacuum in space But this is a false notion because there is no vacuum in space. It is quite packed with energy of all kinds. This is not a hindrance to the ability of other energies to interpenetrate and traverse great distances unhindered, but it is the nature of energy to be, in a sense, discrete and not massive and all-encompassing so as to compete with or drive out other energies that might need to impinge on a particular location or pass through a region. This is complex and beyond the awareness of science at present in anything but broad outlines. But your scientists are aware there is a tremendous energy contained with what is currently termed the zero-point field the vast endless space within the universe that is essentially devoid of matter for the most part, but nonetheless is known to contain vast amounts of energy. This is energy of multiple kinds. There are energies of a kind of nature that is in between physical appearing matter and pure energy that is immaterial and in effect in another dimension. 
Consciousness is a special form of energy, but can interact with the others, much in the same way the array of energies known to science may or may not impinge on one another depending on the specific examples and circumstances of juxtaposition. The life force energy is a special form of energy containing life-giving properties and as such has special characteristics. It is not simply raw energy like electricity or an atomic force that has no content of specificity analogous to information. Whereas life force energy is purposeful and has many defined characteristics that support the function of life in living things. It is bestowed by the divine realm and can be considered a form of love on display with the vast array of life forms even within the earth plane, let alone the trillions of locations supporting life elsewhere in the universe. All are interrelated because all are creations of the divine and many share common mechanisms and characteristics. Many times a useful idea was repurposed because it is highly efficient and suited for a task at hand to allow an organism to have certain properties, for example, to live in water as opposed to living on dry land. This starts from the very makeup of physical organisms that rely on a genetic code for many instructions to provide the necessary architecture and constituents needed for a physical existence using multiple kinds of energy with a physiology and the ability to integrate with the environment as a physical entity with body mass, shape, form, and function down to the molecular constituents within cells, making up the organism as a whole. There are extra dimensional factors shaping the energy as well that are beyond scientific awareness at present. That is true of the morphology living things adopt. These are beyond the known physical genome and represent patterns that form a kind of template that has been termed a morphogenetic field to use in guiding energy to produce the shape and various components within a body of an organism needed to support all of the intended functions, the organs, the appendages, and the connecting systems to provide means of inner communication, conveyance of energies and nutrients, as well as providing things like oxygen from the environment in the case of aerobic life forms and so on. So the ether is a generic term for all that is present at a location. It encompasses essentially all forms of energy existing in the interpenetrating dimensions of a location, such as the earth plane, the solar system, or a galaxy and the intervening space between physical bodies that are discernible because of their mass and energy in the case of stars and other astronomical objects. Life force energy is specific to the conveying of the necessary and unique energies for the life process. That is what brings a being to life, literally. And when it departs at the moment of death, the body is a lifeless, inert mass and is quite different to the observer. It is quite hollow-seeming and devoid of energy perceptibly by people present. So this energetic status of being suffused with life force energy or not, is familiar to all human beings, but little considered. The concept of the force 
described in the Star Wars series of movies was the dual energies of intuitive awareness and the ability of consciousness to impinge on the physical, to not only sense, but manipulate as an extension of the mind. As such, it does not truly speak to life force energy per se, which is, in effect, a housekeeping function, the basal state of existence. What the force in the Star Wars saga refers to is how sentient beings utilize their consciousness to perceive what is beyond the self and to influence what is beyond the self. That capability to generate the thoughts to work with the consciousness of the self within a physical form as a living human depends on life force energy, but is a further extension of the soul of the individual utilizing life force energy in part to carry out its business. Wow, was that was that a rich channeling or what? I mean, we could probably spend the rest of the show talking about what was shared just in this one passage. Um, well, I, I I could envision eyes glazing over all along yes, the way. Yes, I, I could too. You know, one thing I want to comment on is the, the idea of the morphogenic field. Um, an example of that, you know, a familiar example is, you know, people that lose their legs, you know, and then have uh, the sensation of phantom limbs mm-hmm. where they feel that their leg is still there, even though it's been, been you know, taken away. Yes. That should give some people a clue that there's much more going on than just the physical body itself. Yeah. Well, we take all of life for granted because it seems so trivial. It's just all around us. We have our own body. We just take that for granted, even though it's miraculous. But there are many questions science has wrestled with perennially. For example, an infant grows like like crazy in the beginning and gets larger and larger and larger and larger in size. And everything kind of goes along in a very careful, proportional, defined way. So the organs get to be so big and then they stop. When you stop growing in height, your organs stop growing in size. So your kidneys don't grow to the point your body explodes and then they just keep growing and get as big as a house, for example. There's limits and very tight controls on everything about the body. Yes. Every tissue and organ has a specific target and a specific template that impinges to give it instructions on what to do, how to grow and when, how big to get, and how to interrelate with the environment around it. All of this is magic. It really is magic. And science has no idea what is behind this. So this is a kind of an energy field. So science has got a lot of learning to do about the life process and about what is going on in the big picture sense. And this gets more fascinating, I promise you, as we yes. go along in, in this. You're going to learn how God knows what's going on everywhere in the universe today yeah. Yeah, in exactly. this discussion. And it has to do with what we're talking about, this mysterious magic spark that God brings down into us on a continual basis to keep, it, keep us going. Well, I think and, that... I'm sorry, go ahead, Carl. Well, just one more thing about this. Sure. That I've had this discussion many times with Creator, that this is 
energy bestowed by the Almighty, and it's maintained on a continual basis directly every second of every day. And if the Almighty stopped sending it, you would drop over dead. Yes. So this this is something we take for granted, but it's a gift. Yes. It is a gift that is loaned to us to have this excursion down here in the physical by a part of our soul. And that's the other thing that's really interesting about what was discussed here, that we only have a part of our soul here in the physical yeah. form. Most of it's back up there in the light. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think- we're getting more details about how yes, all this are. works. So, you know, we talk about genetics and that kind of thing, and science has, you know, thinks that's the be-all, end-all. What we're learning with this life force energy is that there is, it's much, there's a much more complex interdependency between the physical down here, things like genetics, but also a constant stream of incoming information and energy that works along with your biology to keep you animated. Yes. They, they can't be separated. They're, they're a whole uh, entity in a sense. They work together. It's kind of like computer and software. You can have this computer hardware, but without the software, which is kind of metaphysical, it's not something you can hold in your hand, the computer doesn't do the magic that you expect it to do. Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah, the software that we run on is coming from outside the body. Yes, yeah. and so is consciousness. It's yes. Not, it's not generated by the brain. It's only perceived by the brains. Just like a TV set shows you a program, but that doesn't come from the TV. It comes right. from elsewhere as a stream of information, and then the TV is just a transducer bringing it to life on a screen so you can see it. And life is like this, too. It comes from our soul projection courtesy of the divine and on the divine carrier beam of this life force energy. And there's many, many aspects like this. There's a lot of our DNA that's extra dimensional. It's not even in the physical. Right. So all of this belies the whole idea of evolution. You know, how do you evolve the creation of a life force energy to create life to begin with (laughs) coming from the divine realm? I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, This doesn't happen through random acts of things whizzing around and bumping into one another it's a ridiculous notion in fact yeah and and there's you know there's evidence for the reality of this stuff all over the place if if people are willing to look at it but then this this dovetails back into the conditioning and the mind control that's going on to keep people narrow in their outlooks well and unfortunately science is constrained itself very much so and you can see this in the opinion leaders who are very biased very powerfully narrow-minded about these kinds of topics. They won't even allow other perspectives into the discussion. They have their own pet theories, their own pet way of describing the universe, and it's really very superficial and shallow, but they stick to it. Yep, well, like, we're going like So <laughs> We got a break, Carl. We'll All be right. right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the mysteries of life force energy this week. It's a very fascinating topic. Indeed, and we're learning a great deal from Creator directly and explaining for the first time the energetics of life and how things really work energetically to support life and some of the implications. So this is just cracking open this kind of vague wish and desire of humanity all through the ages to understand what is it that makes things alive. Yes, yes. We, we, we hunger for a science of that, you know, and uh, we, we really don't have it, but we're, we're working on bringing some clues in on that regard. Well, the Almighty is the first scientist, so this is all go. science. <laughs> Absolutely. You ask Creator, Creator has shared with us that all sentient consciousness requires a continuous lifeline of life force energy directly from the divine realm in order to support our very existence as consciousness with an independent identity. We've learned that without a steady diet of this energy, an entity will eventually perish and their identity absorbed back into the ocean of consciousness the same way a bucket of water tossed into the ocean can never again be recovered as it once was. The science of both humans and the extraterrestrial interlopers does not recognize this reality. Can Creator share with us why this is so? Right, and this is what Creator said. Your metaphor is an understandable one, but does leave out the issue of the soul as the origin of the makeup of a person in the case of human beings and various extraterrestrial physical beings and so on. It is life force energy that animates them in physical form and provides energy to conduct their consciousness as an extension of their soul capability. This is complicated to explain and to understand. A human in the physical is a portion of their soul on display and acting at a distance from the rest of the soul makeup for the most part, except subliminally as guided by deep inner connections intuitively. The life force energy animates the body and provides a platform for the soul consciousness and yearnings to become manifest through the workings of the human being coming forth in a physical body to experience life on the physical plane. 
The portion of the soul present in an incarnation is a tiny part of the soul itself that is a vast energy of a different sort than exhibited within the physical environment of the earth and on display indirectly within the physical makeup of human beings. That extension of the soul operates independently in a physical sense, but remains connected to the soul via the higher self and an intuitive gateway that may or may not be perceived consciously. These energetics are supported as well, and this is part of the function of the life force energy, to provide that infrastructure, much like an electrical grid, to be a conveyance of energy so it is directed where it is needed and available at all times with guidance from the higher self to regulate the flow and to call on additional resources when this is needed by the individual on the ground, so to speak. Upon the death of a person, the energy is withdrawn back to the higher astral plane, ideally, except in the case of spirits who become earthbound and reside in limbo. Once back in the higher realms, this extension can be maintained or reabsorbed back into the soul as desired by the individual. In many cases, that soul extension persists because of the desire to return with future incarnations to continue working on an agenda in service to the light, as well as in service to the soul for learning and growth. So in a sense, the energy and existence of the consciousness of an individual is immortal. It can be reabsorbed and repurposed, but that is not a loss. That is simply a merging of what has existed as a somewhat separate part of the soul for a time back into the whole, sharing all it has learned and knows and contributing at all levels to the various functions the soul may decide to support of a similar nature. When there's been a major breach and separation from the divine realm by beings, and this is true of the dark spirit meddlers described in the scriptures as demonic beings, They are risking their very soul through persisting in a mode of corruption for such a long time that they have corrupted themselves at all levels of their being and risk having what is called a soul recycling. That is truly a dissolution of the self to subsume the energy into the universe as a whole. And that being is no more in terms of having an identity and a discrete existence. Humans do not undergo that and will not if they remain in alignment with the divine. This is always a choice. Everything that takes people away from faith in the Almighty is moving in the opposite direction. And that would be an extreme eventuality and would take thousands of years of neglect to become a hopeless plight they are unable to recover from. The interloper demonic spirits have reached that eventuality and are no longer supported by the divine and have the dilemma of having to be parasites living off human energy to survive. The extraterrestrials are nearing that potential pitfall through having become functional psychopaths after so many millennia of exploiting others and glorifying power and neglecting their spiritual origin entirely, having become atheists. 
As such, they are a good object lesson in the fate of humans who head in that direction, whether through disgust with religion or seeing an appeal from secular humanism to have a way to be a gentle soul in the world without the trappings of religion to assign some role of a deity and so on. This is a denial of reality and the true origin of divine human as an extension of creator's consciousness, but will be allowed because of free will. If humans choose to give up their awareness of their origin and cut their lifeline, that could be a fatal mistake. So it is good to air these issues to understand the power you have to help yourselves and to hurt yourselves. It's a lot of very, very interesting material. You know, one question I have, you may have to explore the creator. I don't know if this has been answered, but, you know, it talks about the fallen angels literally corrupting their entire soul. And that if it gets to a point of soul recycling, it's the entire soul that's recycled, not just the, the fragments. Yes. Pieces. Yes. Well, uh, that's what this is. That is what this is saying. Yeah. That indeed they're rotten to the core. So, you know, in the vernacular. Right. And they can no longer be supported by the divine. So God is not judgmental, but God understands and sees what you're doing. Right. And, and understands when it's so far out of alignment, there's really little hope of any way back. Now, as humans, we can heal them and save them. And that's what we're working on with Get Wisdom. Yes. And this will elevate us. This will add to our divinity to take this on as a project. So I work on these beasties and help <laughs> them get into a rehabilitation program. Right. And they are, they are savable. And that's true of humans. Even the worst among us, the criminals, the depraved, the predators, they're not denied heaven. They are right. welcome back because there's always hope from the divine that they'll find a path back into alignment. And even well, when they come the back. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the key thing is always, there's, you know, people wonder why God just doesn't destroy these evil beings. And it's because there's a, there's a possibility of a way back for them. There's always the possibility. And yes. This is what mercy, this is what mercy and salvation are all about. Right. Yes. But the, the, at some point, the entity themselves does have to step forward and accept the offer of rehabilitation. You yes. know, the, the story of the prodigal son. They didn't go looking for the prodigal son and, and haul him back. The prodigal right. son came back on his own, made his own decision to to return. So, you know, if we want to stay separate, that's our free will choice. Uh, but yeah. the offer can be made for rehabilitation, and then it's up to us to take that. So and th- th- there's always that offer there. It's always on the table. Yeah. That's the wonderful thing. Yep. U.S. U.S. Creator. While divine life force energy emerges as love from the divine, can it, like fresh milk poured into a dirty container, become spoiled, quickly losing its pleasant palatability and merging as stress and anxiety rather than joy and inspiration? We've learned that the fallen angelics relish life force energy that is altered and made discordant through both emotional and physical pain and suffering. Can Creator explain how something emerging as positive and rejuvenating can be altered so readily into something noxious. And how can this be appealing to any being? All right. Well, this is a long question, a multi-part, but here we go. This is Creator's words. This question contains within it a misunderstanding of the energies being described. 
The life force energy is basic housekeeping energy. It is suffused with consciousness and love from creator as well. That is utilized by the human host, but humans create various outlets for use of the energy and experiencing their life in various ways. This involves both thoughts and feelings. When humans choose to suffer because of their circumstances, the consciousness that is generated and modulated by the dark, negative emotions they undergo, changes the characteristics of that energy accordingly. It is that human-generated byproduct of life that the dark spirits crave because its vibration is lower. It is more a match to their energies. They cannot connect to any longer the high-level, high-frequency, divine life force energy beaming directly to human beings. They must settle for what they can absorb secondarily from human beings, taking in the life force energy and utilizing it within their system on multiple levels, both through conscious awareness, the workings of the subconscious mind, the workings of the bodily systems, all of which contains consciousness of a sort down to the cellular level with an ongoing awareness there as well. There are many types of discord in the average person in their physical makeup as a consequence of karmic issues from parallel lifetimes primarily, as well as the current lifetime, creating an energetic dilemma where disappointments, woundings, personal failings cause an energetic disarray and have an impact on the physical body that will house these energies and thereby create a repository of negativity. These are linked through the energy systems because it is how they are formed to begin with. So when the dark spirits impinge on the human energetic makeup, they can gravitate to where the energies are best suited for their personal use and tap into them. They are also adept at stirring up problems for their host and reminding them of past difficulties. Because the spirits can see what is lodged in the Akashic records in multiple lifetimes and bring that into the awareness of the host as a way to bully them, to mock them, taunt them, threaten them, menace them, and overwarn them about how they will likely fail again and the bad times will come again and so on. It is that dark energy created in response to the inner confrontations and assaults that serves the dark spirit meddlers and allows them energy to persist. It is not a question of appeal. It is a question of already being on such a low level of existence and ongoing depravity that the energy of unhappiness suits them and can be readily taken in to help maintain their meager existence. Wow, there's really incredible stuff there. The one thing we're learning is that you know, there's a need that they have. You know, these these beings need this energy. They can't survive without it, and they have to get it somehow. And we're learning that it needs to be turned into unpleasant energy, unhappy energy, so to speak, in order for them to absorb it. And if there's not enough of it, they need to do something to stimulate more creation of that. Yes. And this is the key to why people are bothered by these spirit attachments. Because they're being bullied down in a deep level of the subconscious, below conscious awareness, in order to feed these parasites. So they're trying to disturb you, throw you off track, make you 
do impulsive things that get you in trouble. They know a lot about humans, what makes them tick, what gets them in trouble. They cause accidents. They cause poor judgment. They fog the mind for a time. So you look stupid and you forget things on a test as a kid, on and on and on. And they know you're going to be anxious because of it. You're going to be unhappy. You might get angry. And they love that because that's energy they can tap. Yes. So there's there's an incentive to have you be upset, to have you exactly. be anxious, stressed, angry, perturbed, depressed. Any of the negative emotions that cause you to get stirred up feeds them the energy that they desperately need to survive. Yes. So, you and know... This- this shows the mechanism through which they induce frank mental illness, the yes. psychoses, things like schizophrenia, and the really severe destructive mental delusional states. This is the goal of the spirit meddlers. They can't do it in everybody, but there are some who are more vulnerable, and they push them over the edge, and it keeps them in a state of terror and torment and that serves their parasites. So it's very diabolical, but it's it's very understandable and in scientific terms. Yes. Well, there's two there's two things that are being hinted at here. One is we need to get rid of these guys, get them out of your consciousness, and that's what divine healing helps to assist in doing. But another tack, kind of a do-it-yourself <laughs> avenue of this is it's showing the importance of also cultivating inner peace, you know, to, yes. to, to be calm and, and try to be calm no matter how your life is unfolding. It's very, mm-hmm. it's more important to be calm when things are going down the toilet than it is when things are going great, you know, but that has to be cultivated along with faith. We, there's a lot that's asked of us in this world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this speaks to a lot of the phenomenology. In other words, If you're a very oversensitive child, easily bruised and tentative and and easily hurt by comments, bullying, and so on, you're going to be more vulnerable to spirit bullying, and you'll be more likely to be preyed on and to fall into their trap, to be worsened by them. And they can have a field day with such a person. Yeah, they they can really get a lot of mileage out of you. If you're strong, resilient, very self-confident from the get-go, they can't get much of a foothold. And and so that explains a lot about how people differ. Yes, yes. But everybody can be helped. That's the key. Absolutely. And that's really what our project is all about, is to get you the help to, to make it easier to cultivate the inner peace. Because you've got external entities that are trying to make you upset. It's not, it's not just a matter of your being upset because stuff happens. You've got onboard entities. What, 90% of people have onboard entities prodding them, pushing them, bullying them to make you upset. So yep. got yeah, we're out of time <laughs> for this segment. So we'll We be are out of time. So we'll be right back right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. 
At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back to the final segment of this week's show, we're talking about life force energy, and it turns out to be a very big topic with a lot to discuss. Yeah, and quite fascinating, and it just gets more so. The more we delve into this, the deeper we get. Well, let's go deeper. You ask creator, we're under the impression that the nature of life force energy emerging fresh from the divine realm is totally love in its expression and vibration. Is it ever new, or is it more accurate to think of it as eternally recycled? Or is it one of those notions whose true nature can only be experienced and intuitively felt, but impossible to adequately describe in words alone? All right, and this is what Creator says. We must say this falls entirely in the third option you give. Simplistically, it is love energy. Love is the reason and the origin and the fuel for all that happens in the universe. And by default, the absence of love contributing negativity, which is all too present currently in the human experience and an outstanding characteristic of the earth plane itself, given it is in a war of contending players for dominance and control with the divine human enterprise being imperiled by the interlopers both dark spirits and physical extraterrestrials, wanting to enslave, manipulate, diminish, and eventually destroy humanity. The love force energy, the life force energy, is created in a fresh way on a continual basis. It essentially is repurposing a more fundamental energy with the thoughts and energies of creator's love in the moment to inform the energy and provide upliftment and a kind of ongoing encouragement in a subtle way, but in keeping with the current state of being of the recipient. This is difficult to appreciate with any kind of human level comparison, such as receiving household electrical current from a power station via a series of generators and power lines and transformers to step down the energies to individual households to make them appropriate for local use and so forth. There is an actual interplay in both directions in the conveying of life force energy. It goes out from creator to its targets, but there is a return of information energetically from those targets 
So creator always understands the current status of the individual, how their energy is being used, where deficiencies lie, what is being done inappropriately, and the reasons why. This is how we keep tabs on everything that takes place. We know virtually everything going on in the universe. This is a suprahuman capability, to be sure, but it is through the life force energy and its dual directionality that allows us to have an inner awareness at all times of the slightest stirrings within each living thing, what it is thinking, what it is experiencing, what it is desiring, and what it might be influenced by of an adverse nature, and especially those things that might be unwanted intrusions on the sovereignty of the individual. They always get our attention, and this is how we can be present at all times within each individual and also be available moment to moment with guidance, encouragement, and upliftment when needed, depending on the access we are given by the human beings and other beings themselves. We respect human free will and free agency at all times. And all too often, when humans have neglected their spiritual side and turned away from thoughts of the divine, they must function entirely on their own, as we are not allowed to intrude on their experience because they are not choosing for this to happen themselves. They will benefit from the life force energy regardless because it is life-sustaining. So at a minimum, it will provide that housekeeping function. So people will continue to survive until they do something so drastic we cannot counter it in time to keep them going. We endeavor to do so always, so it takes an extreme circumstance or a desire within to pass for people to die. It is always a choice that is accepted, at least at the higher self level of the individual, and many times is unavoidable if there is too severe an injury to maintain life in a practical sense, because one would not want that existence. And there is often wisdom in choosing to move on when life becomes untenable. You know, this reminds me of uh, a channeling that has yet to be released. It'll be released this Sunday of um, Rasputin and his death. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting stuff in the sense that, you know, we learn from Creator that he was indeed poisoned, but because he have his divine partnership with Creator, the poison didn't kill him, didn't affect him negatively. But the yeah. gunshot later on was too much to overcome. Mm-hmm. So there, there's there's more, you know, if you're not a if you're not a member of Get Wisdom, sign up and you can you can listen to this channeling this Sunday. Well, the the explanation of how God is omniscient is a first. This is yeah. the first explanation I believe anywhere of how yes. God does this. It's yeah. it is presumed to be a divine attribute and is stated from the very beginning by the scriptures. One of the divine characteristics of the Almighty, that, that God is all-knowing. This explains how. It is the life force energy keeping tabs, sharing the experience with us. Yes. In the trenches with us, feeling, sensing, seeing, and knowing everything that befalls us. But the amazing part is, we're still in charge. 
So if we don't want the divine to do anything, if we're non-believers, say, God has to stand and watch and wait for us to come back into the fold through our own choice. There might be a hint offered and an encouragement, but it, it, people are really in charge of their destiny here, and it should, de- should keep this in mind. Absolutely. It's kind of like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it's kind of like having an onboard Siri or Google, you know, in a negative sense. But, uh, but you know, that that's always on, right? And you can yeah. always reach out to it and say, hey, Google, give me this. And we don't want to go down that road too far because there's issues there. But, you know, just as an, a simple analogy, there you go. There's an idea for you. So, U.S. Creator, Creator has shared that fallen spirits attached to our chakras and feed off of the energy that flows there, with the average person having about seven to eight spirit attachments. Since these beings are cut off from divine energy directly, they need an alternate source, especially one that transforms the love frequency into something darker that is in keeping with their low vibration. If a person maintains inner calm and truly relaxed disposition most of the time, would this starve such attachments as the necessary alteration into something discordant does not occur. All right, and Creator says, this is literally the case, that by maintaining a high vibration, being in divine alignment, the energy within the body is uniformly of a high caliber and less utilized, less palatable to dark spirit attachments. This is why they so commonly attempt to disrupt the life of their host, even to the point of risking the host's death. It is the attempt to get a darker energy, a lower order or frequency, often generated by the pain and suffering of the host, to produce a state of unhappiness, anguish, despair, anger, fear, or other combinations of negative emotions that will shape the energy in a way closer to that of the spirit meddlers themselves. They cannot use pure creator love energy directly. It must be modulated by the host to some degree to get it within reach of the spirit meddlers themselves. This is the reason they work so to perturb the host and lower their vibration. It is to get more of the energy that suits them and is a major reason why having spirit attachments is such a risk. It partly protects the host to be in such a high state of vibration because those spirit attachments that may gain entry will be relatively quiescent in most cases because they will not have the energetic wherewithal to cause much harm to the host. They will be barely persisting and surviving under those circumstances. It is when humans allow themselves to get off track and have times of unhappiness that the spirits gain energy and then we'll work relentlessly to capitalize on the events, to worsen things, to drag the person down further, to influence them, to ramp up their dark feelings and passions, all designed to make things worse and create more mayhem. This can start a downward spiral to significantly impair the person and their whole life unless they can right the ship. This is the virtue of ongoing prayer, to get divine assistance with such matters. Because this is all happening outside conscious awareness of the person, but will be seen and can be corrected by the divine realm with a suitable request for assistance. That is the virtue of understanding these phenomena, that you can make an informed, high-level prayer request as done with the Lightworker Healing Protocol, which has, as the first order of business, 
removal of all foreign consciousness, including the dark spirit meddlers. If people can maintain a state of calm with an orientation to remain in the flow of loving kindness, they will truly be on creator's wavelength and can become impervious to attack by the darkness. This is more likely to be feasible and maintained if they receive divine karmic repair and healing. So this is one of the rewards of living a virtuous life and attending to your spiritual development. It is not just to be nice and help others. It truly helps the self first and foremost. That is not a bad thing or a selfish thing, but actually a sacred duty to safeguard your own soul, not to mention the fact any missteps or failings, anything that does harm the self, let alone others, will create a karmic penalty you must repay sometime in the future to rebalance things, to find the wherewithal, to put back love that was denied. This can become quite a burden if the deficit goes on for any length of time. This is why people who suffer greatly from many misfortunes almost surely have a karmic history of having experienced such things or causing them for others. Do not assume all such people are former perpetrators. They may well be former victims. The point to take away here is all are victims of being out of alignment and all deserve to have a way to return to the fold and be in divine alignment once again with all that entails. It is the responsibility of each and every person to find their way. We will help and guide anyone who asks, and we will offer many benefits, including healing to those reaching out to us. It requires belief in the divine and belief in the self and their worth, both of which can be a challenge for many people. But you can work at this. You can practice. You can return to the well again and again. We recommend daily prayer and getting outside help with healers who understand the workings of the divine and can be a strong advocate with their belief added to yours to achieve the needed belief quotient for healing to happen. You are never alone. So why would you choose to live that way in actual reality by cutting yourself off from love that will be freely given if you just say yes? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, there's a clue in here because we, we've learned that nine out of 10 people have spirit attachments. We've got a powerful clue about the 1%, the one out of 10 that are free of spirit attachments. And it's mm-hmm. probably because they have inner calm, inner serenity, they're, they have love focused, and that is part of their protection. Yes. And they also probably have a partnership with creator most of them do well i would venture to say the latter as well it's not just luck that they happen to be happy-go-lucky and and self-confident and uh, you know have a charmed life and never encounter huge obstacles that could drag them down make them vulnerable no, not at all yeah. the people who are truly aware of spirituality and seek it and want that closeness with the divine We'll get divine support and help. I mean, this is amazing. I I, I used to doubt this, but sure. now working as a healer and I call on the divine, I see miracles happening. And it's there for the asking. Not every time you've got a problem, but you can always get some assistance. It might be fast. It might be slow in coming, but it will be worked on. And you can count on it, but you need the belief. So that's all important. So I think you're onto something. Belief matters. And, well, and one miracle we could use right now is more time to discuss yep. this, but I'm afraid we're out. We'll have to look for that miracle next week. 
Thanks again, right. Carl, for, for doing this with us. All right. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 